Welcome to the Oraro and Company OCO Roundtable Podcast. I am your host, Natalie Obago, an associate in the Dispute Resolution Department here at the firm. Joining me today is Cindy Oraro and Maurice Mbugwa. Cindy is a partner at the firm's commercial practice, specializing in energy, infrastructure, and projects. She has over 12 years' experience advising local and international clients on matters of renewable energy, ESG, e-mobility, corporate restructuring, mergers and acquisitions, and mining. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. I look forward to discussing Kenya's energy sector in today's episode. Morris, on the other hand, is a senior associate in our corporate commercial department, and he specializes in corporate finance, private equity, projects, and infrastructure. He has a wide range of experience advising local and international clients on corporate restructurings, mergers and acquisitions, privatizations, project finance, and mining. Welcome, Morris. Thank you. Looking forward to share more during the session. On today's episode... Cindy and Maurice will take us through Kenya's energy mix. For starters, the phrase energy mix refers to the various energy sources that a country, a region, uses to meet its energy needs. In this case, we want to look at how Kenya uses various renewable energy sources, some including geothermal power, hydroelectric power, wind power, solar power, biomass, and thermal power, and we want to see how Kenya uses these various energy sources to meet the country's various needs. It is important to discuss Kenya's energy sources as it allows us to get a better understanding of the country's energy landscape. And we are able to understand what steps we need to take in order to meet the country's energy goals. For example, Kenya is working towards achieving SDG 7 of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and has pledged to ensure that every person has access to clean, affordable, reliable, and modern energy. This move towards more sustainable renewable energy sources has prompted Kenya's energy stakeholders to increase the country's share of renewable energy. Understanding Kenya's energy sources is also important for effective power planning, as it enables the stakeholders to plan the country's energy needs, identify ways of diversifying the country's energy sources, identify ways of reducing dependence on non-renewable energy sources. And lastly, it also allows the country to explore potential ideas that would enable us promote energy sustainability within the country. Understanding Kenya's energy mix is also particularly important to us as a country and particularly to the country's stakeholders as it allows us to formulate laws and policies that are alive to the needs of various Kenyans. In today's episode, Cindy and Morris focus on the use of renewable energy in Kenya. We shall explore how these energy sources ensure energy sustainability. We shall understand what the intersection is between renewable energy and climate action, and also look at the regulatory and institutional framework of Kenya's energy sector. So get ready to uncover the power of renewable energy here on today's episode. Let's get into it. So, Cindy. There is a global shift from the reliance on fossil fuels to renewable energy, as more and more countries are committed to providing clean, affordable, reliable, and modern energy. Can you tell us a little bit about this transition in Kenya? Well, with the call for climate action, which we'll discuss further in today's episode, there has been global pressure to shift to cleaner energy sources. 
Kenya ratified the Kyoto Protocol to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, otherwise known as the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Agreement, in 2005 and 2016, respectively. Under these international instruments, Kenya, like many member states, pledged to cut down its greenhouse gas emissions and thereby drive the nation's focus towards cleaner energy sources. You might be aware that in the past, Kenya relied heavily on fossil fuels. However, things have taken a positive turn over time as a significant proportion of Kenya's energy mix consists of renewable energy sources such as geothermal power, hydroelectric power, wind power, and solar power. More specifically, it is estimated that over 87% of the energy generated in Kenya is obtained from renewable energy sources. I think it's worth mentioning that the growth of the renewable energy industry has been catalyzed by three waves of regulatory reform that have increased investment in the industry and opened the floodgates of provision for financing, particularly from development finance institutions. Lastly, it also comes as no surprise that Kenya was quick to embrace the global trends towards renewable energy use. I say this because Kenya has an abundant resource in geothermal energy, hydroelectric power, wind and solar power, all of which are naturally occurring and strategically located in the country. So if you think about it, it was an easy choice for Kenya to adopt these reforms because it was able to leverage on what is occurring naturally and abundantly in its landscape. It's quite interesting to hear about how all these renewable energy sources are abundantly occurring here in the country. Now, could you just tell me a little bit about how this global shift to renewable energy has affected the country's energy mix? Well, there are two key factors that have affected our energy mix. The first is the need to secure financing. And that critical need is what catalyzed the reform or various waves of reform of the energy sector, uh, which happened from as early as the 1980s. There was a sort of agitation for countries to switch to renewable energy sources. And this global shift had a significant impact on the country's energy mix. In the past, Kenya was heavily reliant on fossil fuels. However, due to several factors, a significant proportion of the country's energy mix now consists of renewable energy sources. To be more specific, it is estimated that over 80% of the country's energy is generated from renewable energy sources. We have geothermal energy, which remains the most significant source of renewable energy in Kenya, with the Energy and Petroleum Regulatory Authority, EPRA, estimating that its installed capacity is around 828 megawatts. As a renewable energy or a renewable power producer, Kenya ranks first in Africa and is seventh in the world in terms of geothermal power production. Kenya is home to Orcaria, which is one of the largest geothermal power complexes in the world. Secondly, the country's installed hydropower capacity is estimated to be above 800 megawatts, with the total generated hydroelectric power accounting for about 22% of Kenya's energy mix. Wind power, on the other hand, contributed to approximately 17% of Kenya's energy mix, generating a total wind power capacity of 436 megawatts. The Lake Turkana wind power plant, Ngong wind power, as well as Kipeto wind farm are currently the only wind power plants connected to the national grid. Kenya also has 
high potential for solar power production, given the high irradiation levels available throughout the year. Following the commissioning of the Alten Solar Power Project in June 2023, there was a notable increase in solar energy generation in Kenya. Currently, the utility-scale solar installed capacity is at 210 megawatts, which accounts for about 3% of Kenya's energy production. Apart from the contribution these renewable energy sources make to our energy mix, the global shift towards sustainability, including renewable energy, has influenced the regulation of the energy sector. What do I mean? Kenya has stepped up to the plate by passing laws that are alive to its global climate change commitments. For example, on 1st September 2023, Kenya passed the Climate Change Amendment Act, which introduces provisions that govern the country's participation in carbon markets. This step is a positive one in ensuring that Kenya has the necessary legal framework to navigate the global carbon trading market. Thank you for that, Cindy. So, Maurice, Cindy has told us a little bit about how we got to renewable energy sources and how the renewable energy sources contribute to Kenya's energy mix. Can you shed light on the specific areas where renewable energy sources step in to address the gaps in Kenya's energy sector? Absolutely. As mentioned uh, by Cindy, Kenya has made quite significant strides with respect to renewable energy in the recent years, where up to 80% of our install capacity is solely reliant on renewable energy. And this comes from various sources, from solar energy, wind power, to geothermal, and other vast resources of renewable energy that are based in Kenya. This is attributed to the promotion and development of renewable energy and the significant investment made even by the government into renewable energy projects in Kenya. And how does this benefit us, or rather, how does this help us address the gaps with respect to energy in Kenya? One, it creates diversity where we're not heavily reliant on just one dominant source of energy. As Cindy has mentioned, we previously heavily relied on fossil fuels where by their nature, they keep depleting by the day. But now because of the various sources of renewable energy that we keep on utilizing, we have much more sources, which means it helps us have more stable power distributed throughout the country. Another area or rather another benefit that renewable energy adds in terms of addressing the energy gaps in Kenya is the abundance of these resources. Again, this has been mentioned. We have vast resources in terms of our solar radiation that we use continuously and keep on coming up with more solar development projects to be able to utilize all the solar radiation that's being emanated. Again, we have vast resources of geothermal throughout the Rift Valley that we continue to take up wells and use as part of our renewable energy sources in Kenya. And so because of such abundance of deposits of renewable energy that we can utilize, it has led to bridging the gaps in terms of access to electricity in Kenya, where some areas that had limited access to the national grid are now able to access electricity either from solar power or from wind power or even from hydropower based on where the region is located. This, in general, it improves the quality of life of people and essentially improves the GDP of the country as a whole. And lastly, another area where renewable energy adds to the Kenya's energy mix and to the economy in general is um, it produces, rather, all renewable energy have low carbon emissions. And what this does 
it ultimately produces or rather allows us to harness carbon credits. Our carbon credits can be traded on various carbon markets, which in turn helps us increase the revenue as a country. This just helps us again, uh, or rather just shows how renewable energy is not only adding to our energy mix, but to our national economy as a whole. Thank you for that, Maurice. So Cindy has taken us through the global shift and how it has affected Kenya's energy mix. I'm curious to know who are some of the major players in Kenya's energy industry and what are some of the changes that have taken place in the energy industry? That's a very interesting question. Well, previously, there was only a single player in the electricity sector in Kenya, being the Kenya Power and Lightning Company, the KPLC. This is a state-owned company that was primarily mandated with the generation, transmission, and distribution of electricity on its own. However, following the reforms that Cindy had rightly spoken about, dating back from 1996 to 2002 and beyond, the effect of these reforms were to unbundle the electricity sector, which essentially means separating the various functions in the supply of electricity. This means that the generation, transmission, and distribution functions were all to be provided by different parties. Currently, with respect to generation of electricity, the Kenya Electricity Generating Company, or Kenjan as you know it, has dominated the generation function. It's a partly privatized entity, meaning there are some private entities who own Kenjan. However, it's largely government-owned and operates up to two-thirds of the country's geothermal install capacity. The result of that is that it generates up to 70% of the country's electricity, with the remaining 30 being generated from independent power producers, IPPs. Following the generation of electricity, the next function being the transmission of electricity is undertaken by the Kenya Transmission Company, or rather Ketraco, which is a state-owned company that was established in 2008. Essentially, electricity transmission is a process by which large amounts of electricity that are produced at the different power plants, this includes both renewable and renewable energies, is transported over long distances for eventual use by consumers. Due to the large amount of power involved and the properties of electricity in its own, the transmission normally takes place at high voltage, being voltage of 132 kilovolts or above, uh, so as to reduce losses that occur over long distances. Electricity is usually transmitted to a substation near a populated area, while at a substation, the high-voltage electricity is converted to lower voltages suitable for consumer use, and then transmitted to end-users through relatively low-voltage electric distribution lines that are owned and operated by a national entity. Following the transmission of electricity, it then goes on to the distribution to various uses by the public. This is widely taken by the Kenya Power Lightning Company, APLC, who distribute this widely to the public at large, being distributing it to our people's homes, schools, hospitals, ETC. And it does this hand in hand with the Rural Electrification and Renewable Energy Corporation that assists with supporting electricity in rural Kenya. Thank you for that, Maurice. So I'm aware that there is widespread concern about the high cost of electricity in Kenya which is one of the reasons why a task force was appointed in 2021 to review power purchase agreements. One way of addressing these pricing concerns is through competitive pricing under auction. Can you tell us more 
about renewable energy auctions in the country? Most certainly, Natalie. While looking at the renewable energy auctions in Kenya, it's also important to look at the pricing models that existed before and how we came to the renewable energy auctions that are currently in place. For starters, in 2008, Kenya set a feed-in tariff for renewable energy sources. This includes wind, biogas, biomass, small hydropower, geothermal, and solar energy. What this means is that since the adoption of this feed-in tariff policy in 2012, power producers looking to sell energy can now do so at a predetermined tariff and for a predetermined period. The 2012 policy was instrumental in encouraging private investment into the energy sector. However, the predetermined nature of this policy meant that at various times, electricity would be sold at higher tariffs as opposed to the tariffs detected by the market. This was primarily resulting from a lack of competitiveness in pricing under the 2012 policy that proved to be detrimental to energy consumers. Following this, the Ministry of Energy revised the 2012 policy in January 2021 and published the 2021 peak policy on renewable energy sources. This was energy uh, or other renewable energy that was generated from small hydro, biomass, and biogas specifically. And also at the same time, it introduced the draft renewable energy auctions policy. It's important to note that the auction policy particularly is still in draft form and hasn't been implemented yet. The 2021 policy is very much welcomed as a revision to the 2012 policy as it sought to bring down the cost of power and encourage lower tariffs to the consumers. One of the primary ways it assisted in bringing down the costs of power was ensuring that renewable energy projects would be contracted through standardized PPAs. And unlike the 2012 policy, it meant that power project developers would have little room to amend the power project agreements uh, with the government during the negotiations, hence almost guaranteeing a more favorable outcome when it comes to negotiations for pricing. On the other hand, once the auction policy is implemented, it will promote competition and transparency in electricity pricing. How does it do this? It does this since the developers will be required to submit their bids in an auction so as to determine the lowest and fairest possible bid. The auction mechanism also allows for what we call a price discovery, as bidders are required to indicate the price that they're willing to sell their renewable energy, while buyers set what price that they're willing to buy the renewable energy from the bidders themselves. Essentially, the 2021 policy is favorable for both parties as it allows them to find a fair middle ground price that works for everyone, meaning it's just about getting the energy, it's about finding the right price to the bidder and to the public. Let me take you back to the Presidential Task Force appointed to review the power purchase agreements uh, in Kenya. When the task force was appointed by the former president, a memorandum was placed for the renewal of all PPAs not concluded before 29th March of 2021. Two years later, our current president approved and the lifting of the moratorium. There are some issues that have not yet been addressed through this task force and the recommendations that they put forward. Nonetheless, it will be interesting to see how the country's energy sector adapts the recommendations of the task force. Thank you for that, Maurice. So, Cindy, I'm aware that there has been a recently concluded United Nations Climate Change Conference of Parties, the COP28, held last year, and it's categorized as one of the biggest of its kind. I'm interested to know 
how Kenya has reinforced the pledges it made during COP27. And I'd be interested for you to tell our listeners today, what are some of the notable commitments that Kenya made during COP28? For starters, there is an overlap between the climate action agenda and the renewable energy agenda. I would say that these initiatives are two pieces of the same puzzle. This is because, on one hand, you have the climate action agenda, which is focused on addressing the negative effects of climate change, which include global warming, drought, food insecurity, just to name a few. On the other hand, you have the move to adopt renewable energy in place of fossil fuels to meet the world's energy demands in an eco-friendlier way. Renewable energy sources are carbon neutral, which means that the generation of power using these renewable energy sources does not result in the emission of greenhouse gases, such as carbon dioxide, methane, and nitrous oxide. Therefore, by using renewable energy, we not only find cleaner, innovative ways of powering our world, but also we address the key root of climate change, which is the emission of greenhouse gases. Going back to Kenya's COP commitments, at COP27, Kenya pledged to have net zero emissions by the year 2050 to support the global climate action effort. One way Kenya aims to achieve this commitment is in realizing the full potential of carbon trading to attract green finance and sustainable investment. Trading in carbon credits allows corporations to buy and sell every ton of greenhouse gas they produce or emit. Think of it like a marketplace for carbon emissions where companies are allocated emission quotas by their countries. Where these countries exceed their emissions quotas, they can purchase carbon credits from the carbon markets. In this marketplace, countries with lower emissions quotas can sell carbon credits generated from carbon offset markets. As I mentioned earlier, Kenya passed the Climate Change Amendment Act. Through this act, Kenya now provides for the regulation of carbon markets. With a legal framework governing how Kenya will participate in this subsector, Kenya is on track to meet its commitments. Further, under this amendment act, developers intending to carry out projects are required to indicate the environmental, economic, and social benefits of their respective projects. Examples of such benefits include whether the proposed project will allow the country or will facilitate the country to meet its carbon emission targets, to name a few. Thank you, Cindy and Morris, for sharing your insights on Kenya's energy mix. Thank you, Natalie, and thank you, Morris, as well. It's been exciting discussing Kenya's energy sector, which we expect to continue growing and thereby catalyze the country's growth. Thank you for having us, Natalie, and for engaging us in such a fruitful discussion on Kenya's energy mix. It's exciting and looking forward to seeing the future of renewable energy in Kenya. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We'd like to thank you for taking your time to join us on today's episode. And we hope that this episode has lit up more than just bulbs. We hope that you found our discussions to be enlightening. And we invite you to listen to more of this and other topics by subscribing to our podcast. We value your feedback and thus we encourage you to reach out to us on our social media channels using the hashtag OCO Roundtable. Until then, goodbye and take care.